0: Loss. It is inevitable in our lives. How do we move on? How do we pick up the pieces? Where does the strength come from? You are listening to the Ideas in Motion podcast, and today's episode is about life after loss. Today, I have a very special guest on my podcast. Cherie McIntyre is a friend from way back. She's a mom, a grandma, and a hockey player, so much more. And today she's pulling back the curtain on her life journey and sharing her story of life after loss. Cherie was actually one of the first people that was kind to me when I moved to Prince George in fourth grade. So uh, we were talking a little bit about this um, pre-show, but let's let's refresh the audience. Like, how, how did we meet? It was fourth grade? <laughs> yeah, I... I don't
1: exactly remember. I just remember your beautiful smile and thinking,
0: I need to be this girl's friend. Yes. And, and you were. I, like, I, I remember I, everything that I remember about you. I mean, it's going back to grade four. So we don't need <laughs> to tell everybody how long ago that was. But I remember those beautiful curls, your beautiful <laughs> red curls and your great big smile. And uh, I always, I always knew you were a safe space. And and so thank you for that. I'm really excited. Um, it's been nice to catch up with Yes, you. I'm yeah. so excited just to see you. Yeah. And so um, can you remind me, like, did you play
1: sports in school? I did not play sports in school. Um, My parents were very busy and they just didn't really have a lot of time. I think my brother and I played a couple of years of T-ball or slow pinch. But other than that, I wasn't really sporty when I was in school. I think I just didn't, I just didn't know where I fit. And so I didn't really fit anywhere. And that's just kind of how school was for me, and I know it was for a lot of people yeah but, uh I, I read a lot and 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 you know i I discovered boys way too early <laughs> <laughs> who, who was your favorite author? oh, my favorite author back in the days, always Judy Bloom, I think I read I every yeah. single thing she ever wrote, like I just I just love her, and I can't wait till my granddaughter is old enough that I can start playing her those books.
0: Yes, yes. Actually, I remember um, spending copious amounts of time in my room, locked in, and I'd and I'd be reading Blubber over and over over again. And Are You There, God? It's Me, Mark. That was my favorite.
1: Are You There, God? They were
0: my best friends. And I was in bowling. I think it was grade five. I started bowling, and Mm -hmm. I'd have to sell these chocolate covered almonds. And so I'd have them stashed under the bed, and I was also babysitting. So I would like, okay, I'm gonna buy another box of chocolate almonds <laughs> and Judy Blue. <laughs> 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 yeah, thank goodness for good authors. Yeah, exactly. So I um, i you know, I went recently on on your Instagram, and you know, I've been following you. We reconnected about what a decade ago. Something like that. 15 years ago and uh you just recently played at hockey helps the homeless tournament in Newmarket. and again you're a hockey player you're pretty much a famous hockey player well yes. <laughs> tell me a little about when you got started
1: in hockey uh, i wouldn't say i'm famous but um uh, my husband used to say um Shree, you're a hockey slut you'll play for anyone <laughs> <laughs> Um, When my son started playing hockey, actually, is the same year I started playing. So I was, I think I was 28 when I first put on hockey skates. My daughter had signed up when she was seven and it looked like a lot of fun. And I heard in my little hometown of Burns Lake, BC, that they had a women's hockey team and I was anxious to start. So my son was six and I was 28 and, and we started hockey the same year. So, And I just haven't looked back. Like I just I love it. I am not
0: very good (laughs) at Well you um like I've seen bruises in photos, I've seen you in tournaments, a great big smiles in the locker room. Um this is a a wonderful community and and uh it's it's something that you had to from what I understand, um you had a, a a very hard Time getting back on the ice, there was a time to is you know well, I was actually quite fortunate because again, I have the red
1: hair um I'm very stubborn and I'm very independent and um I had uh i I guess this is as good a time as any to talk about um my situation um so in two thousand and ten, I was actually on my way home from a hockey tournament, ironically. Um, my husband was driving my 15 year old son was in the back seat and a beautiful April day and we were cresting a hill and a driver coming the other way had fallen asleep at the wheel and we crested at the same time and uh, he hit us head on Um, my husband was killed instantly on impact and I was very, very badly injured, and my son in the back seat was quite injured as well. Um, uh, I uh, almost tore off my left foot. My left femur was broken. My left ulna was broken. My back was broken. My neck was broken in two places. I had a brain injury, and the seatbelt tore up my intestine. So I was in really, really bad shape. Uh, my son, who was sitting behind my husband, Uh, He separated his pelvis, dislocated his sternum, and broke six ribs on one side. So all seatbelt injuries. but, But yeah, so yeah, I was, I don't remember the accident. I woke up a week and a half later in Vancouver Hospital. Wow. So, and my daughter, due to the brain injury, and I think due to the drugs that I was on my daughter was determined she was going to tell me what had happened to my husband and I believe she had to tell me four times before it kind of stuck cuz if you know anything about brain injury um short term memory that's where i had the biggest issue like due to that the impact it was short term memory so you know the poor thing she's 19 years old and she has to tell her mom continually that her dad has passed away. So that was that was tough.
0: So I like I can't I can't even imagine I'm I'm sitting here across from you and um you're vibrant. You're mm-hmm. you're beautiful. You're you're happy. And that's that's what we see today but obviously there was some incredible physical and emotional things that you had to overcome so can can you kind of take us back take the audience back to those places and for example what's the right thing to say you know I'm sure people come in and they and they they want to give their condolences they really we don't know what to say I wouldn't know what to say yeah I there really
1: isn't a right thing to say I think as, and coming from my side of things, there's a few, a few things I didn't like hearing. I didn't like hearing, well, he's in a better place. That was no good to me because I was 37. My kids were young still. There was no better place. Mm -hmm. So that was a comment I really, really struggled with. Um, And everything happens for a reason. You could still not tell me today what the reason was like there's those were the two phrases that people were trying to be so kind and so comforting. And yeah, those were not things I wanted or needed to hear in that moment. Uh, however, I did explain to my children because I was in, hosp- or in Vancouver for a few months following the accident. I did tell them when we go back home, a few things are going to happen. Uh, people are going to see you. They're going to run up to you. They're going to hug you. And they're going to cry all over you. Mm-hmm. There are other people that are going to see you turn white and turn away because they don't know what to say to you. And I need you to know that both those things come from a place of love. Oh, and what, so just remember that no matter what reaction people give you, or even when they say things that hurt you or don't feel right to you, that all of those things are coming from a place of love, and that's probably the best advice I could have given my kids when we came out of
0: that. That that is how how did you know to give that advice? Like you know, I always say I hit my head really hard
1: and it shook some stuff <laughs> up because I'm not usually that kind of person. But for whatever reason, it just as I was having some quiet moments with my kids and. And, you know, we're getting ready to go back home and, and to see people like again. I just felt it was really important that they not be more traumatized by the things that may happen when we get home. They've yeah. been through so much already. I just, I just didn't know. And even like the fact that I survived, there was a time they didn't know if that was going to happen. Yes. They, they didn't know if they're going to lose us both that day. So. Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. And then, and then what, and then what happened? Like how, how would, how was life in recovery? How long did it take you to um, heal from your injuries? And, and tell, tell us a little bit about that. Well, I, I the last
1: surgery i had, had regarding my accident was in 2019. So well, uh, the accident was in 2010 and I was still having surgeries in 2019. So it's, it's been a really, really long process. Um, I was in Vancouver from the time they got me stabilized and they flew me out of Vanderhoof to Vancouver. Uh, I was in Vancouver till from, I think, the 8th or 9th of April until the 3rd of July. Mm-hmm. Uh, and during that time, I was only in the hospital till the end of April. And then I was in an apartment where I was close to the hospital so I could do rehab every day. I believe it was twice a day. The first year is still kind of fuzzy for me because I was yeah, still having brain injured. Um, but, uh, but I was home fairly quickly. And, but I do remember saying to the physiotherapist when I was in Vancouver, I said, all right, hockey starts in September.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We got to pick this up. And it's like, oh, Sharif you're not playing hockey this september and i said well you know we'll we'll see we'll see and you know a couple of weeks go by and i said look i'm i'm frustrated this is not going fast enough i've told you mm-hmm. hockey starts in september and i'm still on crutches now again i've had some fairly sense of injuries but i'm very stubborn. very <laughs> yeah i've told you he said not this year next year you'll play hockey." And I just looked in my eye and said, you are not the boss of me. Mm -hmm. And I got home. I got a rehab lady set up who happens to be one of my close friends. And she helped me with my rehab every day. And when our team started in September on the ice, I started on the ice in that September. It was not pretty. I had zero muscles on my body. Um, I was very shaky. But I I didn't miss a practice. I was back on the ice. The accident was the 4th of April and I was back on the ice in the middle of September. Tell me about that first moment back on the ice. Well, there was a couple of things because my husband was a big hockey um, supporter in our area. So that's actually where we held the memorial was the hockey rake. And it just seemed so perfect and so fitting and it was amazing and it was huge. So it was able to hold all the people that wanted to come and it was lovely. But when I started hockey, of course, again, I was brain injured and things don't kind of click in. I was excited and gung-ho and I was the first one out on the bench to wait for practice to start. And I looked around and went, wow, the last time I was here was Dave's service. Yeah. And Uh, I cried and I cried and I cried and I I was so glad I was the first one out of on that bench yeah. Because I could have that moment to myself and I just I it just never it just never occurred to me that I would have that emotional moment, right? Yeah. And then I got my hold of myself, the other ladies started coming out and I'm like, okay, hey, I'm excited, let's do this. And I put my foot on the ice and I put my other foot down and I pushed off to go. But my body was remembering what it was supposed to do but I had no muscles and I almost fell right on my face the every first step. And then I was like, oh no. And then I was leaning on my stick and I was just like a, you know, a little five-year-old out there, a little deer, just trying to, just trying to get myself going. But, but it was exciting and scary, but it was so necessary. And I've, I've said this time and time again, the hockey ladies were, were my family.
0: Yeah. And,
1: you know, when you're a mom, and you're busy and your wife when you have something like that in your life that you're just sheree you're not you know dave's wife and you're not barb's mom and you're not you know whoever you are at work that day you're just sheree and so that was so important for me to get that back and to have that support for those women and man they supported me hard we yeah, it was it was great and I just I can couldn't be more grateful for those women in my life. And hockey hockey has now brought me my new fella. That's where I met my current boyfriend. Was actually playing hockey in Scotland. In Scotland. Yes. I I joined a world traveling hockey team. Uh and I've been to Iceland, Sweden, Denmark, Prague, Australia, scotland and then this year he and i went together to the newfoundland trip so uh yeah when i was in scotland it was my fifth trip i think and it was his first and we met there and yeah the rest is history we'll say so wow and so you've been together with him since um, uh we met in 2018 and i moved out here to ontario in 2019
0: that's right you're in ontario now from Disney to ontario and there so there's there's so so many different layers in there um like number one the the incredible uh resilience and you call it stubborn it it's (laughs) you know to to not take no for an answer to say i'm a hockey player this is what i do um but also having that um that knowledge to to know how to prepare your children how other people are going to approach them is this something that you had experienced before you said you had had a, a shake but what what do you do for your work or what have you worked in are you in um... uh, I've actually I, I run a home daycare for 15
1: years oh wow when... yeah uh, when my kids were little which is perfect because then yeah. I could... With my kids as well, yeah. Uh, and it's crazy to see those little ones that I looked after to grow up and graduate from high school. That's been crazy. Um, and then I worked in a furniture store for a little while, and then I worked at a bank for a little while. And that's where I was working when we had the accident. So yeah.
0: So you definitely have have that um, people knowledge, and even yeah. right down to the little ones and. And I think that that is a, um, you know, for, uh, for lack of a better term, and I think it is a good term, it's a superhuman skill to be able to, to know that and prepare. And I, I just think that that's beautiful. So in the, in that decade, I, you know, what, what is life after loss? Like, like what, what are, what are the, some of the things that you um, experience, how, how do you get up in the morning and say that that was hard at first like that was
1: that was the hardest thing I coming home and I hadn't been to our home since the accident and coming home the first time um that was tough and walking into our bedroom and and seeing our unmade bed because we were in a hurry to leave for the hockey tournament um that was that was really 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 hard um i actually and this is kind of disgusting but i know there's probably you know other widows out there that could um relate to it but i couldn't change the sheet mm-hmm. uh i i just couldn't do it every cuz it still smelled like dave yeah. and every time i thought okay it's, it's been some time now you've you've got to change the sheet I would just cry and cry and cry and cry. And I went, okay, not today then. Mm -hmm. And I gave myself that grace. And, you know, at this point I couldn't even tell you how long it was before I could finally do it, but I just went, okay, today I'm going to change the sheets and today I could. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: so I think a big part of it is giving yourself grace to feel how you're going to feel because you don't know. And, and, everybody's different. Uh, a friend of mine lost her husband not long after I lost mine and and she felt so guilty for not approaching me. You know, she was of the kind I didn't know what to say so I didn't say anything and and when her husband passed away, I went out to her place right away and she said I I just feel awful here you are and I didn't do that and I just said to her, "Dude, we all we all grieve differently." And, and you know, I I don't hold anything against you. We all do things in the way that makes us more comfortable. And I I think I do. I think we have to give ourselves some grace. Um, The first few months were quite difficult. My daughter was away at university. My son was still at home with me. But I, you know, I would go to bed crying every night because I missed Dave and I missed I just missed having him there, and and I'm not gonna lie. There were some really, really dark times where, you know, the the bottle of pain medication was looking pretty tasty, and it would have been a lot easier if I'd have just died that day and just and then I'd be with him, and I wouldn't have to live without him, and I wouldn't have to live with this hole in my heart. But but I knew my kids had been through enough, mm-hmm. and I just I just no matter how badly I wanted that
0: relief. I just knew I could not do that to my children, yeah, yeah, and so it it's it, your kids were a large portion of of your recovery and your Oops. hockey community, yeah, and so so what I'm hearing is is that you know it, with the with the hockey community, especially it's like you as far as um a well rounded life, you had already adopted something that you loved outside of everything else Mm -hmm. right and so that was there to catch you when when you most needed it and and so on in on this podcast we always I always try to um, encourage people to be proactive with their life um, because a lot of times we react to what happens and it's a lot easier if we have those fundamentals in, in place, like, okay, what am I going to do for my mindset? That could be, you know, prayer. It could be, um, you know, just always continuing to learn self-awareness. And what am I going to do for my body? How am I going to keep yeah. it energetic and, and fueled well? Not necessarily skinny, Right. <laughs> Like just well, like for me,
1: the exercise not yeah. only didn't help with me mentally because I was having to do yeah. physio all the time, was I knew that if I didn't do it, then all the other things that I wanted to do in my life, yeah. I just simply wouldn't be able to do. That's
0: right, because that's yeah. you know that is the third layer is purpose. Yeah. What am yeah. I doing that's purposeful? That's giving something to the world, mm-hmm. right? And those are the three active layers that make us an ecosystem. And that's my belief, and you're you're here right in front of me i, I an absolute um image of that and and of resilience and and uh, strength and and so much more and we look at present time and um now you are with a new man and and you met Dave when you were young in high school uh, I met Dave when I was
1: just before I turned 19, actually, yeah. Uh, yeah. I had moved from Prince George, uh, to Burns Lake and I, I had a couple of months and
0: that's when I met Dave. So, yeah. And, and so then now you're with, um, you're, you have found love again and you've moved now to Ontario. So tell me about, um, this new, newer person in your life, I guess. It's been a few years now well what's so great is is we both have
1: we both because we're both older he's a few years older than I am we have a past and and we accept that about each other and um I couldn't I couldn't be with anyone who didn't understand how much of my life Dave still is and is every day and he's still a part of the kid's life my grandkids know Dave yeah. Because my kids talk about him all the time, my granddaughter, oh my gosh, uh she keeps talking about who she wants to come to her birthday party, and she keeps talking about how Papa Dave needs to come too oh, awesome. and that's because he's so present in their lives because he's still alive because they still talk about him, which I think is so incredible so and And my new fella uh, he's very, very much supportive of me talking. I've got pictures of Dave in the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and we just talk about him because he, he is a part of my task yes. and, you know, he's a part of who I am and, and the person that, that he fell in love with. So, yeah. and he's been just so great about that. So.
0: Yeah. And I, I think that was another question I was going to ask you actually, is if you, if you're, if you still talk to Dave, like if you, I know. I, with,
1: I don't actually talk to him as much as I used to. I actually yeah. used to write letters to him. okay. I had a journal and that's when I felt I needed to say something to him, whether I was angry at him, whether, you know, it was Barbara graduated from university or, you know, something happened in my life, things I just wanted to tell him. I would, I'd write my dear Dave letters. So, um, but I, I haven't done that for a long time now. And I think it's more just because I don't feel, I don't feel that, whole anymore he's still here he's still with us but it's 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 changed and it's changed for the better because I'm not
0: I'm not um living in that anymore mm -hmm. and I, I know it's not the same I know it's not the same losing a parent as it is losing a spouse but I remember like running when I was running, that would be when I was doing half marathons and marathons I was out there on the road where I would talk to my dad. And so and now, you know, it's it's been 16 years. I very rarely talk to him, but I do go out for a run, even though I'm not a runner anymore on his birthday. Oh, yeah. Oh, I- because I feel like, I guess because the brain turns off just enough when you feel like you're like pounding pavement down the road and you're about to die. Yeah. Of like exhaustion. The brain is shut off. So it allows that window to open up and talk to dad. And um, so it just feels kind of like a, it's it's something that I always do on his birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, special occasions and whatnot. Or, uh you know sometimes i'll just catch myself but not nearly as often as yeah. you know as i did before i healed like i always felt guilt for yeah. um not calling him one last time i was supposed to call him before i left and i put it off yeah and so once i forgave myself for that guilt which took years Oh yeah i I was able to, like, I I don't feel the need and the pressure anymore. So I can kind of, I can kind of relate. And I know it's not on the same, it's not the same person, but loss is loss, right? It's true.
1: And yeah, I, I went to some great counseling afterwards and it made a huge difference, but I, I distinctly remember going in one day and just being a total wreck. And I said to the lady, you know, I've been doing everything I can to try and say goodbye to him. And I just, I just, I can't. I don't know. I don't know how to do it. I don't know what to do. I never got the opportunity. And, you know, and she said, what do you mean? I said, well, you know what they say. You have to let go. You have to say goodbye. You have to take these steps and do these things. And she said, why? Mm -hmm. I said, what do you mean? She said, if you don't want to say goodbye to Dave, why do you think you and I was like, like even now saying that, again, I get goosebumps because I thought, yeah. you know what? I don't have to. And that freed me in such a way because I, did, I didn't want to and I wasn't ready. And that wasn't a thing I ever wanted to do. So I've, I've never said goodbye to it. Yeah. And I think because for me, that's so final and hip life isn't over yet. Like mm-hmm. she is still so alive in things I do and things our children do and things our grandchildren do. My grandson's named after him. We have yeah. lots of days in our living. So um it's yeah, so but that was a really big aha moment for me. That was probably one of the best moments. Like I had lots of breakthroughs and counseling and stuff, but that was one of the biggest ones for me was Knowing that just because society says that this is the way things should be done doesn't mean it's right for you yeah. and and so yeah i i I've never said goodbye today, but i I don't plan to I plan to say hello
0: again one day that is that is so beautiful that right there is is so gold um you know lessons to live by and uh and the fact that you know. You have so much to give the world, just who you are and what you've just shared with us. Um, it's it's incredible. And you give me goosebumps. Oh, And and lucky me, I, I get I get to connect again with you this <laughs> way. Um, and just have I have a, one more question here before we we close the show. Um, after everything you've experienced. If you could go back to your 18-year-old self with one piece of advice, what would it be? I think I'd have to say
1: live in grace. Give people grace. Give yourself grace. Don't get so caught up in, in the little things that just don't matter. I know it's so cliche, but it's so true. Like. I I, I I remember Dave used to always love to hug me or touch me or kiss me or whatever when I'm up to my elbows in soapy dishes or I'm cleaning the toilet or I'm bent over doing the tug. And that's when he wanted a hug. And I'm just like, oh, would you just go away? And I, I, I saw someone on TV and they said, it's because they appreciate you so much in that moment for what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And so I, when he would do that, I would just kind of go okay, and I would just let him hug me, and yeah, I love you too, and you know, and then he could go away, and then I could finish what I'm doing. And so I wish I'd done that more, and I wish I'd done that for more things. But it's it's those that grace of of just yeah,
0: give 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 yourself and give the people around you more grace. I love that. That is. Such a way and and allow yourself that love, like just to yeah. stop and and just to receive it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. So, actually, I have one. Who's your favorite hockey team? Well,
1: uh, I am a huge supporter of the Washington Capitals because my boyfriend happens to play on it. I don't know if you've heard of him. His name is Alex Ovechkin. I mean, he's <laughs> fabulous. He is my hockey boyfriend. He has been for a long time. The reason it hasn't gotten any more than that is just because he hasn't met me. That's
0: all. That's that's well and that it'd be a given then. And that, that would just be that's a whole other podcast, you know, like it's a whole
1: other topic there. And I don't know if you know, but he just scored 800 goals the other day.
0: So it was very I didn't. I didn't, I didn't. My um my cousin, uh second cousin is Raymond Bork of Boston Bruins. Oh, and, no, um, so I mean, obviously he's not playing anymore. I don't yeah. think, um, and he's a second cousin, so he's kind of removed. But I, I still, when I was a kid, it was like Boston Bruins all the way, and then, and then it was like my son's hockey team is my favorite hockey team, and <laughs> now it's like what hockey? <laughs> and I and I and I look at you, and I'm like that brave girl. She's out on the ice, she's getting <laughs> beat around. I can't even stand up on skates, <laughs> or standing up, balancing with a stick, <laughs> and and shooting things at people. Not, I find that um, legendary. <laughs> know that you're doing that after everything that you've shared with us. You truly are a gift um, to to me. To have me in my life, a true inspiration for me, and also. Um, tell the listeners
1: Uh, well i hope that uh i've answered all your questions and i hope that anyone who's listening uh can get something out of what i've said or or you know get a little bit of comfort or some clarity
0: yeah it's it's a um it's a big gift when you can share your story so courageously and openly and be so candid so for that thank you so much and If you want to follow the adventures of Cherie, she (laughs) is on Instagram. I'll put her Instagram in the show notes here. Um, Instagram.com forward slash granny Mac three. No, tell me a little bit about that, Granny Mac. Three is that because
1: you have well, Matt McIntyre is the last name. Oh yeah, yes. I was course. a granny, and my hockey
0: number's three. <laughs> I love it. I love not So that link will be in the show notes. If you want to connect with Cherie, and you know, um, give her you know lots of likes on her posts because you're truly a superstar in our eyes. And uh, thank you so much for being here. Well, thanks,
1: Karen. It's been so great to connect with you again. Absolutely.